what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focusing on home technology, helping provide you and our fellow brothers and sisters in tech with some assistance and discussion along the way. Today on Brothers in Tech, we revisit television streaming services. There are more ways than ever to watch movies and shows online, but which ones are really worth your hard-earned dollars? Hi, I'm Alan Jackson. I am a producer of online content with Jackson Creative and also a survey researcher with Jackson Insight. And I'm very excited to have with me my regular co-host, my brother in tech, Brian Jackson, a professor of kinesiology at Pacific University and a product director with Synaptic. Brian, how you doing, man? Alan, I am doing well. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yeah, you know, you we, you know, again, we people don't realize this, but we do not talk unless we're having a podcast together. So I'm just happy we continue to do this. You know, it's this nice is to- the only way, brothers, we talk across yeah. the continent, like across the country, like this. So as a scheduling yeah. a podcast, Fam- it's the only time. Family do doing okay? Your family good? Everything? Yeah, good? no, my family's great. How's yours? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk again next month about it. So. <laughs> right. Good. Yeah. Let me know if anything changes between now and the next recording date. So, Check. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Job. <laughs> Great. Good to see well, you. Well, we have started to. Uh, we we love bringing another brother in tech around the table with us, and we've got a guest with us today for tonight's episode. Uh, Chris Fry. How you doing, Chris? I am doing well. Thanks for giving me the honor of being an honorary brother in tech this episode. Oh yes. Yes. Welcome. Chris is a media producer also with Jackson Creative. So we 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 spend some time together working on a lot of projects, uh, video production, online media producer. But he's also the co-founder and co-director of the Foot Candle Film Society and the annual Foot Candle Film Festival, which is partly why, Chris, I'm glad you're here for this topic, because we are talking about watching movies and shows and other things that I know you and I spend quite a bit of time on in our film reviews and film discussions. But we're going to talk about online content, online streaming services. Um, Brian, you and I had an episode about a year ago where we talked about streaming services. And yep. we talked about, you know, what were some of the key streaming services that were available, uh, kind of what was streaming television for those that maybe weren't as uh, clear on that. And we rattled off some of the services that were kind of prominent at the time and ones we felt like were maybe interesting ones to watch as we go forward. But, um, it's been a year and, you know, things have changed. Things have evolved, right? So. There's been a few things that have happened in the last year since, you know, since we talked about this. So the, the world has changed just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think it's good that we revisit it. I, and, and I don't want people thinking we're recycling here. I guess we kind of are. But we're revisiting. And, uh, and it's called I, rehashing. I'm, I'm interested, rehashing yeah, well, I'm interested in being around video people. You guys know uh, you guys know this world. So. Uh, we can talk a little bit about where's the the current state of affairs. Have things changed? And I know Chris, even though you're a, an avid listener of Brothers in Tech, you know I'm sure you remember everything that we mentioned last year. But I'm Absolutely. kind of interested to see if he um, you know believes in some of the the same 
things that we brought up last year and uh, and whether, Alan, your thoughts have changed at all. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this topic because I know my my watching behavior has actually changed in the last year. So it's, it's it? good to kind of revisit that. Yeah. Well, and I, I will say too, given uh, situations over the past year, the streaming services have, I think, taken on a greater level of importance in our entertainment uh, field these days. And we'll talk about some of the moves that a couple of them have made and why they may be some ones to watch as we go forward. So, Chris, you're you're our guest. I, I do the do the honor of kind of asking you the first question out uh, of all the streaming services that are out there right now that. Um, are available to us. Which one do you find yourself watching things on the most right now? Okay. Uh, I have, I mean, it would be Netflix. I think that's just out of the gate. That's, that's the main one. However, I have a caveat or a gripe that I'd like to make about Netflix. Ooh, here we go. Hot take. Hot take. Out of the gate. No, let's, let's go ahead and start with it. This is a, we, we, we got a limited amount of time here. Let's go into it, man. Lay it down. It's, it's Netflix. It's not net series. I'm sick of all the series stuff they do. Just con- concentrate on movies. Mm. And original content movies is fine. Or if you want to buy the rights to other movies, which I know can get expensive, which is why they started doing original content anyway, because that way it's stuff only they have. Fine. That's fine. You've got, you know, big directors doing stuff on there now, Soderbergh and other people. Cool. Just quit doing TV series. If I want TV series, I'll go somewhere else. I just wish they would focus on, mm. and it can be documentaries too, but just like, you know, just, just movies. That's, I wish that is a, that is a controversial take right there, Mr. I Fry. was going to say oh, hot take indeed. Yeah. Chris yeah. Fry out of the gate, man. Wow. Okay. But you know, Chris brings up a good point in that, you know, a lot of these streaming services, we have seen a shift towards uh, serialized uh, content instead of uh, trying to focus on movies. Then a lot of them are still doing movies. They're still creating original movies that for their streaming service. But yeah, the the shows have uh, kind of taken off in popularity, but obviously not with Mr. Fry. So well, yeah. it's not to say in the past with things like you know House of Cards or Orange is the New Black. You know, they've they've had Stranger Things. They've had their there are things, but I just think they, it just seems like I get notices all the time of all these new series that are coming to Netflix. And, you know, if I get, let's say I get 30 notices a week, 20 of those are all series, and then 10 of those are films. And then, unfortunately for me, because I don't have young kids anymore, of those films, maybe only like three or four of them are things that I'm actually interested in. All the rest are like, you know, kiddie films and stuff. So, but at least they're films. So I, mm-hmm. I, I wish they'd just, I mean, they're just, it's a splatter approach. They have so much content, but I wish they'd focus on films, documentaries, or narratives. But. So it sounds like Chris is actually saying if you're someone who really enjoys movies, Netflix may be kind of veering away from your sweet spot a little bit uh, and in favor of those people who would rather watch something longer term as a series. Yeah, I, th- I think they've kind of steered away from being movies. Hmm. So. Brian, same question to you. What's uh, what's the streaming service you find yourself watching the most and why? Well, uh, it's YouTube TV, uh, mm. first and foremost. I I will watch YouTube TV uh, for everything if I can. Uh, I just I love the service, still love the service. Uh, so that's something that hasn't changed since last year. Um, Netflix, I still have, uh, but don't watch very much. Um, except for a series. So I, I'd love to kind of discuss that a little bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, although I do have a few others, I mean, we talked last year, Alan, Amazon Prime, I don't think I'll ever get rid of as long as they're continuing to deliver my packages. Um, 
And uh, but I've got Apple TV, which of course they've continued to extend the free uh, free elements. I've been disappointed with that, but I still have hope. Um, but no, I spend most of my time with YouTube TV. And free is free, right? You were saying Apple extends it, so not, not complaining, not complaining that. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to get rid of the free one for sure. But um, but no, I, so let me follow up the hot take with maybe a question because you two are, you know. You're in the movie business. You're in the video business. Um, so, so tell me, is it cheaper to do a series than it is a movie? Uh, for like dollar for dollar, dollar for minute, let's say. So yeah, a dollar series, for you're minute, get, yes. You're going to yes. get 10, right? 10 hours or something, and other ones, two hours. The other thing is I'm wondering, so from me, my perspective is a, a movie comes out, and that's great. So let's take, for example, Apple TV. So Apple TV had the big, um, what was the Tom Hanks movie? The uh, Greyhound, Greyhound, right? Greyhound came out fantastic, and it was gone within a, a, a weekend. It's like, okay, that was great, but now what else you got? Apple, right? Mm-hmm. The series. What I do love about what I think they're grasping on, uh, grasping onto, is that so many people, especially pandemic, everybody's at home, everybody's watching like crazy. I think they started to realize, man, if we put a ton of stuff on, a ton of movies on there, they're gone in a weekend. You know, the uh, Justin Timberlake movie came out, boom, everybody watched it within a week. Right. And it was it was it was out of the gate. So I just don't know if that's helping the service out or not. Right. I don't know how much it's helping this. I don't know how much Greyhound made people think Apple TV. This is fantastic. Whereas some of the series where they're having to wait till the next week and they're getting one once a week coming out. I feel like that's kind of the. You know, it's the it's the dollar on the end of the the fishing line, right? That commercial is like, nope, nope, keep coming, keep coming, right? Mm-hmm, you know, you just mm-hmm. got to stay with us a little longer. So I, I'm sure it's a business move, right? But I agree. I mean, I love movies. I love the idea of sitting down and actually enjoying Netflix for movies. But I think they're just doing it to try to keep people engaged, right? It, so maybe it's you engagement. Guys I think I think you hit it on the head right there. I think it's the fact that if you think about right now, where's all the buzz that people talk about with anything online streaming? It's with the series. I think uh, the buzz is so limited for a one-time movie. And granted, I love movies. I love the idea of watching a story in an hour and a half and two hours and having that. But I think a stream, I think series actually lend themselves more to the situation we found ourselves in this past year. So I think a lot of the show, a lot of the streaming services have kind of focused in on that uh, and said, you know, this is what we're going to try to develop because like you said, it's all about engagement. It's we want people talking about this for the next nine, 10, 12 weeks, yeah. as opposed to talking about it for 48 hours and then moving on to something else. Um, but so it's interesting. A shift, right. Have you, have you guys, I mean, am I, is it just Apple TV? But I, I feel like it's others that are starting to now release by week as opposed to, you know, for a while there, it was, there was a few years where it was like, okay, we're getting ready to release season two. All at once. And then, of course, people knocked it out in a weekend, right? And I don't know if Apple is doing the whole progressive once a week, you know, that makes me feel like a kid again, right? I have to wait until next Thursday night to actually see the the next, you know, Cosby show or whatever it is. Maybe that bad, maybe bad uh, example. Yeah. Ooh, um, sorry. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> bad take there, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem like Apple would learn something from Take Another Service, Disney Plus. You know, they've been meeting out slow episodes of WandaVision, kind of creating that yep. once a week type thing. The buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Apple, the only thing that I can think of other than Greyhound that you mentioned that gave me the least bit of interest was Ted Lasso. 
And that was yeah. a scene, and that was excellent. So Very I'll good. be daring for them to try to pivot and say, okay, we're actually going to release that on an episode basis and not just throw it all out there. Um, but I don't know if they right. would. Right. I, um, uh, I, I, I predicted this a while back. I said that I think the idea of rolling out an entire season of a show in one day uh, was eventually going to change and they were going to shift it more to week by week. Because I think you just take examples of some of the shows that are out now, how much buzz they're getting on a long-term basis because they roll out one episode a week instead of doing it all one time. WandaVision, uh, you know, just I think to me is a perfect example that they show that is rolling out every week on Disney plus and every week there is a huge discussion and buzz and media attention to each episode. So they're getting nine, 10 weeks of publicity for that show. I guarantee if it was rolled out all at one time, dropped out for somebody to watch in a weekend, you get maybe a week's worth of conversation and then it would taper off pretty quick. So I, I, I thought that was the way they should have gone from the beginning. I thought the whole dumping everything in one day, I, I mean, I get it. It's a convenience for some people and people say, this is what we want to, how we want to consume our media. We want to binge it all one weekend. But um, I think from a business standpoint, you get a lot more attention, a lot more traction releasing it in a slow drip like that. So do, do you guys think that, um, do you think that was done to keep people engaged or do you think that was done because the uh, recording that they were doing or the the filming they were doing during the pandemic was so slow? They had to pace pace things out a little bit. I mean, do you think do they have enough in the in the tank that they could throw these things out at once, or do they need to space it out because there's not as much content? No, I still think it's engagement. I still feel like it's a we can get more we can get more media attention, we can get more promotion if we spread it out. And I, I guess they learned that they piloted that idea with the Mandalorian, and it worked. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they yep. were like, "Okay, we're gonna." Yeah, so I don't know why they would ever any of the Marvel shows that are going to be coming down the pipe. Which there's one starting up right after Wandavision. It's the Winter Soldier one. Alan, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's like I don't see why they would change. I, I guess maybe others should start to take their lead. Netflix can do it and just stop doing movies and maybe only do series, <laughs> and then I'll have to find another service that only does movies. But yeah. Let me, let's kind of hit the, I'm just going to list out the different services yeah. that are kind of prominent right now. And I just want you guys to give me your, your quick takes on kind of where they are right now and how you perceive them. Because again, I think our goal here is to kind of in this discussion is let some people know what might be a, the best streaming services for them. If they're trying to figure out the dollar, uh, the dollar spend every month, you know, I started doing the math on things. I remember what I was paying for cable um, before. And I was complaining about the price of cable, which I was so happy when I cut cable TV. But now when I start adding up all the services I subscribe to, I'm like, well, I'm kind of getting back to that same level again. So, you know, at some point there's got to be a picking and choosing of these services. Yeah. So you guys tell me your thoughts. on. We already talked about, mentioned Netflix a little bit. So you're seeing the shifting. Uh, Netflix is really spending a little more time. It looks like on series than it is on movies. They're still releasing a few original movies, but sure. the emphasis seems to be on series. And I think they're still probably the best known for their original series that they do release. They've gotten a lot of attention over the past year for a lot of their, their shows. Although me personally, I, mean, I think some of their biggest hits are in the past. I have not heard as much about recent series that are getting as much attention as other services. You guys 
same impression of Netflix or? Yeah. I mean, you know, they, not everybody all at once, you know, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) they had Tiger King, but that seems like that was six years ago, but that was right at the start of the pandemic. And that was the only reason I watched it was because it was like, well, everybody else is talking about this. There's nothing else. So I'll watch it. But yeah, I feel like there again, maybe it's the fire hose. They're doing so many series. They don't have time to promote a specific one. And so it all kind of goes by the wayside. Whereas you you take a service like Disney plus and they're really pushing WandaVision right now that mm-hmm. finishes, they'll push something else. It'll still be available for people to catch up with, but you know, it's that release schedule that allows them to focus. So yeah. Yeah. Brian, your take on Netflix is that, no, I think it's the same. I, I, there is not a service that I despise searching through as much as Netflix because it's just mm-hmm. so much. There is yeah. so much there. I mean, I get, I get there and, you know, my wife and I will, we'll fix dinner. We'll sit down and kind of, you know, want to try to watch something. And we've gotten to the point now where as we're fixing dinner, we have to talk about it because if we don't, we're going to sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll and kind of just be overloaded with information. And I don't like the way that searching, uh, occurs on any of these, actually any of these, uh, kind of recommendations that go, but, but it's just got so much. I do feel like it's the fire hose idea. I mean, there's, there's so many things I'll pass by and say, Oh, maybe I should try that, but maybe I should also keep looking and you see all this stuff. I mean, think about the difference between Netflix and Apple TV, Apple TV. I feel like I've watched everything they have, <laughs> right? It's, it's kind of like, you've got so little, it's like, Okay, well, I hope something else comes out soon so I can watch, right? So there's not a whole lot of decisions that have to be made. With Netflix, I spend more time scrolling than I do watching sometimes. But uh, but they do have, I mean, they have fantastic things. It's just oftentimes I'll start something, realize it's in a different language, switch to something else, start something else, realize I hate it, start something. You know, it's there's just kind of this, like, you don't stick with something because you know there are plenty of other things there. So I will say for someone who wants one thing, to watch with entertainment, you will get plenty of things with Netflix. You won't run out. <laughs> I think that's kind of the preferred customer for Netflix, though, where I would recommend Netflix. If somebody said, look, I want to, I want to start streaming my, my stuff on TV. I, I, I don't know where to go there. I would point them first to Netflix only because there is so much on there. And yep. if they don't have a preference, they're not into a certain genre or certain type of show or program or movie. They just want a lot of stuff to choose from. I do think Netflix still wins on library content right now. I agree. It's maddening to find anything on there. You really need to go in with an idea of what it is you're looking for first. Right. But for somebody just going into this, let's say they've really held out on doing the streaming content and they're ready to jump into it. Netflix is probably the best, what, $12? I don't remember what it is exactly now. I think it just went up, right? 13 14 13 something yeah. like that. So It's probably the best use of dollars for somebody who just wants a good general, give me everything and let me just kind of explore and see what I can find. I can see somebody listening to this podcast right now and just like yelling at their, you know, player that they're listening to it on. <laughs> and the reason is they're like, what about HBO Max, Chris? If you like movies, mm. a lot of... And actually, I would say that, you know, at least for the next year, <laughs> when they have that agreement where they're releasing like a new movie every month because they're getting all the Warner Brothers properties and everything like they did Wonder Woman 1984. And they, I, I, you know, they just Judas and the Black Messiah. I, yeah, that's probably the service. If you really care about movies, specifically new movies, and there's going to have one every month that's coming out. Um, I don't think Tom and Jerry is going to be that good, but it's going to be on there. 
But, you know, so I think, you know, for new movies, that's probably the service that people would want to look into, especially yeah. for the next year. Well, how, yeah, exactly. I, for those not aware, you know, HBO Max, like Chris was saying, signed an agreement. We're basically partnered with a couple studios to be first release, r- first run release of the new films. So you actually are going to have some big blockbuster films. Wonder Woman 1984 was the first one that are going to be released on the same day that they are slated to be released in movie theaters. Right. It was partly a move because movie theaters weren't getting a lot of business and they were just trying to get the films out in any way they could. I do feel like HBO Max is the one I'm most excited about going forward because, yes, knowing that there's going to be so many new releases on first day that if I'm still not to a point of going to a movie theater or I just don't want to deal with it, or it's a movie that I wouldn't have gone to go see at a movie theater for the ticket price or anything else, but I might watch at home. HBO Max has got me the most intrigued right now with what's going to be happening over the past year um, with that end of things. Plus, they actually have a decent, I don't know if you've checked out or not, they have a decent library of back content as well that keeps growing as well, TV shows and movies. So they're definitely the ones I think that are being the most aggressive right now on acquiring new content and growing. So I'd be curious to see um, when movie theaters kind of return to a normal state, if that happens in the future. Yeah, where that's going to leave HBO Max. Yeah. I'd have to say I, I I'm re- I'm excited about HBO making a comeback. Right for so long, HBO was the thing. Right when we were kids, that was the thing. It was the place to see kind of uh, some uh, movies. Right, and then it became the elitist who was still going to only make you pay for them and them alone and only give you their stuff. Right, and now they've opened up and said, "Hey, Kate, we can actually." you know, kind of become a real player and that are not just a real player. They, they can actually take over some of this. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's great. I mean, I think they're, they're well poised to do that. Um, so, but they're about the same price as Netflix, right? Yes. Actually, maybe a couple dollars, maybe a dollar or two more. They're okay. probably the priciest, um, 15. content streaming. That's not doing live TV. I mean, YouTube TV is live TV. So it's kind of at a different, yep. different uh, level of pricing. But as far as just content streaming only, HBO Max, I think right now is the most expensive of all the ones that are out there. And I think part of that is because, I mean, you know, they're premiering brand new feature movies that, I mean, they're going to have Kong versus Godzilla, which Chris knows I'm super, super beside myself excited for. Um, and, you know, Dune, uh, the adaptation of Dune that I'll, we're also excited about. Again, that to me, that means I got to pay a, you know, a couple of dollars more a month for a premium service but I get those new movies every month. That to me is a, a good deal. So, yeah. Now we, we kind of mentioned disparagingly uh, Apple TV a little bit, both in limit of content and other things. And Brian, we kind of mentioned last year when we talked about Apple TV, that it just didn't really have a lot to offer yet, but we were curious to see yep. where it goes. Yep. However, as was also mentioned, it is still quote free and that they just kind of keep extending the free yeah trial basis to people or people who are already Mac users, they give them a year's worth of subscription. So they're really trying to give it away as much as possible. You you think think it's well worth the free price, right? (laughs) I think it's well worth free right now. Okay, Um, good. Well, so here's, here's my take. And I, I've, I don't think I've changed my take actually since last year. And I I was trying to think about, I have bashed uh, Apple TV often, right? Because I keep thinking that they're going to uh, provide more. 
but I'm still on that note. I still think I still think in a in a couple of years Apple TV is going to uh, be fairly dominant. And only I only say that because Apple just got more money than anybody else. They can do this in a heartbeat if they wanted to. I just think the pandemic really really screwed them up. I mean, I think it absolutely killed them. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I was sitting here thinking like it's just surprising that HBO had a plan like oh we'll just renew release a new movie by partnering with a studio that Apple didn't think like, oh, we're going to start this service, but we're not going to have any content to kind of back it up. And right. too smart for that. So I think they have plans, but you know, like they had Ted Lasso, but then like season two was supposed to come a lot quicker, but there's the whole pandemic thing. So yeah. I think, I mean, I guess I'm giving them a get out of jail free card, but I think as this is clear, the pandemic's cleaning up that maybe that will kind of be the floodgate that they need to kind of get their service on track. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. is it, like you said, they've got more money than anybody. So, yeah. yeah, they got more money. And to me, what they need, which is where I think they have slipped, is at the beginning of the pandemic, and there was talk of this, but it never came about, is they should have just bought another service that, I mean, the, the Paramount thing, right? They could have, they could have bought paramount or someone like that that just says all right give us your library we'll have a couple of new content but we'll give you tons of money to have your library so people go into apple tv the app and they will see your stuff or your movies but it'll be tagged under us just like hbo has you know all the old um you know uh titles that they grab if apple tv does would have done that i think we'd be having a very different conversation right now because i think people then would be less worried about well there's nothing there to watch right you'd be waiting for that one series to roll out maybe once a once a week but you'd have plenty of stuff to watch in the in the meantime so that's where i think they messed up and uh, and again maybe they didn't care because maybe they understand that the pandemic's a different world and once they get past it maybe they're going to put the foot on the the pep i mean the foot on the gas but i don't know uh i still think like i said i just they have so much money they don't do things without a lot of forethought and uh, they tend to let other people screw up first and then they come in with a better version of it. I think that was what was supposed to happen here. I just think the pandemic screwed that up. So I'm still holding out hope. Um, I do think that they have their streaming box. The Apple TV has, has done so well in terms of its, you know, uh, uh, streaming capabilities and, and design and it's just waiting for Apple TV, the app, to actually be worth something. And it's just not there yet. But uh, so yeah. anyway. Well, to me, the Apple TV, if again, if I had to kind of put it in who it who it's best for. Well, obviously, if you're a fairly new Mac owner or iPhone or iPad owner, you get it anyway. So you might as well, I mean, you get it. I think they give it to you for a year. So yes, automatically. Do it. Sure. Use it. It's got some really good stuff on there, I think. I think the content's really, really super high quality that they're putting out. Um, beyond that, if you're finding yourself having to pay for it, granted it is the least expensive, I think, of the services we're talking about. I think it's only $4.99 a month, if I remember correctly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's barely worth the $5 a month if if you're having to pay outright. Granted, I've only watched two or three shows on it. They are really good. So, I mean, I think the content is is high quality. It's Apple. I mean, they're putting in high dollar production value. It's just, yeah, there's just not enough of it to say if I had to be paying for it right now, would I be paying on a regular basis um, for it? So to me, it's, it's those people who, if you're a Mac or Apple user or iPhone user, yeah, 
use your free year. Absolutely. Consume. It's got some great stuff on it. Um, but it's going to be still a wait and see for everybody else to see if it's, they start to build up some good content or not uh, right. to make it worth the money. Yeah. Good. Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of group these two together. So Hulu and Amazon Prime. Now, Amazon Prime, Brian, you mentioned that you're going to have forever as long as they keep including it in the Prime membership because that's the deal. You pay the, was it 79 or $99 a year? Yeah, for, something like that. Whatever it is, yeah. I pay it. You're yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get the Amazon prime streaming service for, for content and shows along with it. So obviously, yes, if you're an Amazon prime user, it's still a, a great value to use. Yeah. They, they have a decent content library. I think uh, I'm, I'm impressed generally with, with the, the scope of things they have. They have had a few interesting original shows and movies they've put out. Um, but it hasn't really blown me away I, no. I i don't consider it one of my top two or three streaming services that i prefer to watch chris are you an amazon uh, user i i have used them when i got a free trial <laughs> and i did enjoy their stuff and i, I kind of feel the same way about amazon and hulu the the difference is with amazon you do get free shipping so there's <laughs> like, I mean, other than that you know there's hulu I, hasn't started shipping packages yet so yeah we got that there's that working nope, weekend stuff. Yeah, yeah, like it's one of the you know other than that like yeah there's just not not been a showstopper that's been like oh i need to get amazon and keep it for that reason same thing mm-hmm. with like hulu i've had a trial of both and i don't really but you know the shipping <laughs> with amazon yeah yeah. 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 Yep. Hulu Hulu has come out with a couple of interesting originals. Um, Chris, you and I in the last episode of Foot Candle Films actually talked about one of them. Um uh what was the name of that one man show? Um Oh, um In and of Itself. In and of Itself, which was really impressive. And then Palm Springs, the movie uh that actually got some pretty good reviews and may even get some awards uh, later on. They're at least batting around as a possibility uh, with Adam Sandberg. Andy Sandberg was a, mm-hmm. it was a good movie, but again, other than those two items, I can't really think of any standout Hulu things that have really stood out and got a lot of media attention anytime lately. Either. Well, the handmaid's tale was there. That's true. Is that still, is that still going? I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. I know initially they were, yeah, that was pretty, that was their big thing before, but acclaimed. if I'm not incorrect, I can't think of another kind of hit they've had in the last several months that have no. made people become Hulu subscribers. No, I, do, I just don't I, see I them don't, offering anything right now that competes with the others. And uh, for me, I mean, a lot of the others I can say, okay, well that's got this and that's worth the money. Apple TV, I think that will have this. So that may be worth the, the money. I, I personally can't see anything with Hulu. So, and maybe, maybe it's just, I, I remember using it initially despising the user interface um, and kind of, you know, went away from it and never had a reason to go back myself. So now I do want to bring up the streaming service that I'm probably, it's, it's probably my favorite right now. Mm-hmm. And for a couple specific reasons, uh, Disney plus hmm. the reason I love Disney plus um, it's not that it's got the deepest content because it doesn't. Um, I like, I think the app and the user experience is really slick. I think they do a great job of helping you find things very easily and they know what they're doing. They know this is our niche. This is the kind of content we're going to provide. We have the star Wars, we have the Marvel stuff. We have our Disney content. 
that's the camps we're going to be in. We're not going to dip too much outside of those, those silos, but this is, if you want one of those three or four groups of shows and content, then we're your place. And again, the user experience is really nice. It's probably my favorite user experience just to kind of navigate around and find things the way they have it grouped and presented and categorized. Uh, It's not the deepest bench of content, but I think if it's, if it's, if it's showing things that are in your wheelhouse that you really like, it's a great service for that. Thoughts on Disney plus anybody else have had. I'd be curious to see um, whether they try to do a HBO max model where they're going to, release movies because they, you know, like Black Widow is going to be one of the ones that's, you know, it's owned by Disney. It's supposed to come to theaters. Are they going to slap it on the site as well as put it in a theater as well? Are they exclusively only going to do theatrical releases? Um, Yeah, I I have a membership to it. I got it for The Mandalorian. They kept me on the line for WandaVision. So I guess I'll keep it. I guess, yeah, maybe that's – and I guess that's why I'm bitter about Netflix. Disney Plus is my series, like, venue right now. And so I'm like, okay, they can do series. I want just something with movies. So I don't know. Yeah, and the interface – I agree with you. I think the interface is pretty sharp um, with how they do stuff. It's kind of fun. It's actually a fun interface to kind of go into. Like, oh, cool. I want to go check out some old classic Disney films and movies. And it's, like, easy to find, organized very nicely. Um, so I, I like what they're doing. Um, I think it's also, you know, kind of middle of the road as far as price goes. I mean, it's not the cheapest, but it's not, it's not up in that $10 range either. It's, I think, uh, seven, remember, right. Remembering correctly, six or $7 a month. Maybe. Sounds right. That sounds right. Which to me, I think is totally worth it for the content I'm getting out of it. Brian. Yeah. Thoughts. So, so I, I, I watched, uh, some Disney plus, I watched the Mandalorian, uh, watched some WandaVision, um, I will say the uh, the app's good, but I, I wonder, I don't know, I guess I never thought to myself, this is just a fantastic user interface. I think it's it's easy, but I also wonder if it's easy because the categories are super easy to make on Disney, right? I mean, it's well, animation, it's family, it's, you know, uh, and there's not a whole, they again, don't have to go very deep. They don't have to go very deep to have, you know, the, uh, you're not getting the random, you know, things that Netflix has. No, it's very, super deep, it, right? yeah. it's very squeaky clean. It's very, yeah. uh, yeah. You know, very limited, but I think that's also somewhat by design. No, and I totally. like it because again, yeah. I'm, I just say, you know what? I want to go back and watch one of the older uh, Marvel movies. Cool. I know exactly where to go. I know what button to press. I get to it. Boom. It's there. So, um, I like well, it. Well, and, and I, you I, haven't I even mentioned what is probably 90% of the subscribers is parents, right? I mean, they're grabbing it going, okay, I know I have great content for my kids now. Right. And, and given that Disney, I mean, Disney Plus's model is fantastic, right? They're going to charge you, but they know that they can't be your only, your only service, right? For people who like movies and things like that, they're not going to be your only one. So they're going to be an add-on, but they're always going to be a good add-on because they've got a lot of the things that people love, right. And people uh, still want to engage with. So they're going to be around a while. They're going to be a big player for a while. Um, you know, as opposed to some of the others like the Netflix that are trying to be everything, right? I mean, they are trying to do everything except live TV. They're trying to say, if you want movie or content, we've got it, right? The problem with them is the more all of that content gets divvied up, like, hey, I've got Disney, I've got Apple, whatever. And you go, Ooh, those two together, could I have that and not have Netflix? And all of a sudden you're starting to have that conversation, right? 
Yep. So the way you described Disney Plus was perfect. And so basically, I'm looking for a Disney Plus for adults, for me. That's what I yep. they yep. do, the content, they curate and everything. It's awesome, but it does you know trend towards the kids. And so, yeah, I need somebody that curates it for adults. I just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that you so, said I was perfect, Alan, I think Chris needs to come back. Chris needs to stay on this show. Fine. <laughs> Chris can, Chris can be on the next couple of episodes. Fine. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. Um, so, all right. So one thing we haven't really talked about, Brian, you kind of hit at the beginning mentioning what you use primarily YouTube TV. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't really talked about live TV streaming services. Now I did that by design because honestly, as I look back over the past year, the amount of either advertising promotion and awareness of live TV stuff, has not been anywhere as strong as what we saw beforehand. Um, I remember being bombarded with ads and notices about Sling, about um, DirecTV Now, about YouTube TV. I don't see that kind of attention being placed on those live TV services anymore. It almost feels like that so much of the attention is on on on-demand content and uh, building up people's libraries. You've got NBC starting Peacock as their own content uh, supported uh, in a place. CBS just uh, today announced Paramount Plus, which is going to be the new version of their CBS All Access, but uh, they're really gearing it towards more original content and movies. Um, they're going to premiere brand new movies as well, although it'll be 45 days after their theatrical release, but still pretty close. Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, that's going to be a 45-day after theatrical release on a Paramount Plus. That's CBS-owned Paramount or Paramount-owned CBS. So to me, I just wonder if all these networks are saying, you know what, we need to move to our own content streaming service and we're not we're going to put a lot of emphasis on the live side of what we're doing anymore. Thoughts? Hmm. I think I think you're correct, uh, except I wonder how much of that was sports driven. Sports uh, is still the place, right, where yeah, a lot of right. content is tough, right? In the last year, yes, there have been sports, but sports have kind of taken a back seat to a lot of things, you know, pandemic driven and all of that. But um, that to me is still the the reason why I feel as though I want a, uh, a service that has live TV is sports okay. right now ESPN app, ESPN does a great job, but you can't record anything on ESPN. Mm. So that's the big drawback, right? It's I, I want, I want to see sports, the sports I follow. I want to, to have those, but I would want to also watch them in my own time. So if I happen to miss the start of a game, I want to be able to watch it. Can't do that with ESPN. Um, you can't do that with an over the air, uh, unless you've got some sort of plex or something recording it. So to me, that's where that's where it all comes down to. I mean, there's very little that I watch live, other than news and sports. But those two things are things that I don't necessarily like to miss if I want to see them. But I also want the ability to record them too. So mm-hmm. that's where something like a YouTube TV still is my go-to. So, Chris, you. I'm, I'm going to guess, I bet you don't even have a live TV service. I do not. Um, yeah. From the Apple TV that I had, I watched the Super Bowl on ESPN through the app, but it was in Spanish because that was the way I was able to do it for free. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. It was actually amusing to hear the Spanish commentary. Yeah. 
And then they shut up during the halftime show. So I just saw like the weekend without them talking over the weekend. So you know, it worked. Um, but yeah, I don't actually, I don't <laughs> way to watch um, live TV, which as Brian is mentioning, hasn't been that much of a problem this past year because sports kind of took a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is something in news. I mean, we have so many options for where we get our news. So I don't think the new, I don't think the live aspect, live TV news is a big is factor. I do think sports. And I think Brian, you hit on the head. Uh, you're right. This past year, sports has not been a huge factor. So I think live TV services have taken a back seat. Now when sports ramps back up to full steam, will we see the emphasis go more to these live live services or will services like ESPN say, you know what, we're going to step up our game and let you record content, you DVR, you yep. DVR yep. it because that's what we know people are missing from these other contents that they have uh, providers. That's what I would love to see. Honestly, if ESPN took on greater uh, sports uh, uh, opportunities and let you DVR the content. I might question whether or not I need live TV anymore, you know, nope, at that I'm point. Totally with you. Yeah. I would get rid of, uh, even though as much as I love YouTube TV, I would get rid of it to do an ESPN streaming that had you, uh, DVR capabilities and not just, Hey, we'll replay this again tomorrow and you can, you know, watch it then, but something where you actually can say, Every one of those games I want, and I want to watch them on my own time. Uh, yeah, because so. one of my biggest joys is if a college basketball game I want to watch, if I'm not able to be in front of the TV when it starts live, I let it record, and then I may start watching 30 minutes in, and I can skip through timeouts and skip through commercials and have a full game to watch. And uh, that is that is sorely missed on ESPN's app. I agree. Yeah. So. Can I, can I just mention two things, Alan, since we're talking about sports, with streaming sports, and for people who are looking – who are big sports fans. Uh, so two things that I love user interface wise that I think uh, are just super cool and people should give a shot. Uh, the ESPN app, if you haven't used that before, try it out, right? Mm-hmm. It, it The user interface of that is so fantastic how you can split the screen up into picture in picture. You can split it up four ways and have four games going on and you can just click your mouse around to hear which one you want to listen to. It's really, really cool for live stuff. But again, you know, there, there's no real recording going on. The other thing that I think is back on the YouTube um, side, YouTube TV, I'm just I'm blown away by how much detail they have put into uh, the user experience. And you don't realize it until you try to go off of it. Right. So, Alan, I think you you're with it. And I tried. We we went to. You know, we have uh, T-Mobile phones and T-Mobile, we went in to get our watches connected and everything. And they said, hey, by the way, you know, we have a streaming service. How much are you paying for YouTube? Oh, this is like, you know, a third of that. I said, great. Let me let me give it a sh- Can I give it a shot for a week? And 30, 36 hours later, I canceled it because I just it was maddening to me. It, it, the stream was great. You could click and you could look at a guide and you could, you know, switch to something. And the, the channels were the same. But the user interface uh, and going back to sports, so you can go in and say, I want to watch every Virginia basketball game that comes out. You can just tell it. That's my team. And it will record. doesn't matter if it's on ESPN, if it's on TNT, if it's on whatever. Yeah. If it's on, it, re- it well, it records it or saves it for you. And I just, I love that I can forget about it, right? And, and someone who likes like, Portland Trailblazers is who I follow in pro and they're playing like every other night. So it's not like I can remember to set every one of those games, right? You just tell it. Any, anytime Trailblazers are playing, 
I want it, right? And it's there. And being that it's unlimited, it's just fantastic. But the other little detail, small detail, and Alan, I think we talked about this. If I have told it that the Ports and Trailblazers is my team, and when you're going on the live guide and you're scrolling, if you go by the, the where the Trailblazers are playing, it will not show you the live preview because it knows that you're recording it. You're going to watch it later. So it doesn't give away anything. It's fantastic, right? That's, you click on it and say, really hey, do you, want to, do you want to join live or do you want to catch up in key plays or do you want to start at the beginning? I love hey, that. Brian, I love on that. YouTube TV, is there a feature that if you tell it to record all the Virginia Cavalier basketball games, is there a way for them to make it more interesting? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know because every time I do that, it just it just sends me back to the national championship game where they won um, right, recently. Right. Yeah. So yeah, since they I are just, the national you know, champions, I, just, I think they just keep showing. I'm just talking pure entertainment value. I'm just talking, you know, fun to watch. Anyway, whatever. Yep. That's yep. okay. I've, I've already written YouTube TV and said, look, when North Carolina Tar Heels are playing this season, can you make it to where I can only – only record the wins so I can at least feel like we have a really good season this year. So. Yeah, and it's good because your DVR is pretty empty. So that's good. Um, <laughs> oh, we got one. One got recorded tonight. Uh, yes. Well, guys, let's let's kind of wrap this up in saying if if you had somebody come up to you brand new that is ready to get into streaming services, what would be your your recommendation to them as far as the one service you think is probably the best one to jump onto right now? Not talking live TV. We're talking just actual content, you know, monthly subscription. Brian, what would it be for you? Um, you said not live TV, right? Not live TV. Okay. No, it needs to be like the uh, $15 or less uh, service. Oh, man. Well, so I'll just say really quickly, although Disney Plus is great, it would not be that one. I don't have kids. I'm not as into the Marvel and that sort of thing to to really to warrant that. Uh, it would probably still be Netflix if I was going to go one thing, just because I know I'd have a lot to choose from. Um, but it would be maddening. Um, so, and you know, to me, yeah, I'm that's still a challenge. Is the that there's not really one perfect one yet. So yeah, there's not. Tough. There's not. I like I said, I'm still holding out hope for Apple TV. That as little as I watch new stuff, I would like maybe one two times a week to have a really good quality new thing coming out, mm. you know, a new episode. And then if you should just give me some back content, you know, just go and buy one channel, go buy TNT or something and just give me whatever their old stuff is, you know, an example, just give me an old channel worth of stuff, Sundance or something and build that into Apple TV content. And I'd be happy. Yeah. I'd be totally okay. happy because I don't watch enough to need everything that's there. Um, so yeah, it's me, Chris, same Chris. question to you. What's the one service? If you had to pick one, you'd recommend to somebody. So because I'm a guest, I get to cheat. Um, so I would say mm. if it's movies go for HBO max because of the reasons we've discussed. However, if it's just in general, a streaming service, I'd say, yeah, I'd agree with Brian Netflix. So. Okay. Fair enough. I will allow that as you're our guest, <laughs> you know, you kind of broke the rules, but it's okay. Um, I'm going to say HBO Max straight out um, because I do feel like they're the ones that I see the most. Uh, I'm the most amazed with what they have in their content. Every time I go to the app and start exploring, it's not that obvious when you first open the app, how much they have. But once you start really digging and looking, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize they had all of this and all of that. And then the whole new movies thing to me is a game changer. I do feel like Knowing that the day a brand new movie comes out, I can flip it on and watch it on my TV at home yeah. for $16 a month. I mean, I was going to the movie theater two or three times a month easily. 
So this now kind of really just makes sense. So uh, I say HBO Max. I have found myself watching more on HBO Max in the last 90 days than I have any other service. So I like Disney Plus. It's my personal favorite because of the experience. But I would recommend to somebody if they were going to get one service, I think HBO Max is the one, yeah. uh, the one to watch. So, hmm. yeah. Well, the streaming services world keeps changing and evolving. I don't think I, I think we could honestly go ahead and put on our calendar to revisit this in another year because we'll probably have some very new and different things to discuss with it. And uh, hopefully, there's at least been a little bit of ideas for people who are maybe either looking to get into streaming services or maybe looking to change it up. Maybe you started with Netflix early on because that's what everybody did and you want to explore some other options. There are definitely ones out there to explore. And hopefully this was some help to you on uh, where your hard earned dollars should go. Chris Fry, thank you for joining us for this episode of Brothers in Tech. Great job, uh, Chris. Thank you. You know what? You did a good enough job. I was going to say, I think you did a good enough job. We're going to go ahead and let you come on back next week for the next episode. Is that all right? Awesome. Yes. And Chris, Chris, do us a favor. And and if you could wear the same shirt when we record next week, that would be great. Just to make it, you know, nice, some synergy here. Okay. Same background, everything. That would be ideal because we really like to stitch this all together and make it look like we did it all at one time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Listen, Brian, good seeing you as always, man. Good to see you. Tell the family I said hello. Okay. (laughs) You do the same. You do the same. All right. You've been listening to or watching Brothers in Tech here on the mesh.tv. Again, you can go back and subscribe to the show on the mesh.tv podcast network if you'd like to check out other episodes or check out some of the other shows on our podcast network. We'd love to have you explore some of the content that some great talented people are putting out right now. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for watching or listening to Brothers in Tech. This is Alan Jackson, Brian Jackson, Chris Fry signing off. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.